Welcome to season two of Living Fullness, a podcast where two friends explore what it means to live out the Christian life. My name is Dina Constantine. And my name is Father Sean Burns. And every week we look more closely at deepening friendships, intentional relationships, growth in virtue, and nurturing our spiritual lives. We hope by sharing our learning, reflections, and experiences, this podcast will serve you in living your life to the full. If you found our podcast in any way helpful or it has served you in some way, would you please prayerfully consider whether you can financially support our mission via Patreon? Patreon is a platform that allows people to make a monthly contribution to our mission. Running a ministry has a number of costs, including website and software expenses, new tech purchases and paying editors. Your financial contribution will help us stay focused on putting out new content each week. So thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. We have varying tiers that you can choose from, including as little as $3 a month. And in return, we offer behind the scenes, bloopers, merch, mentoring, and more. We would love for you to join our community and hope you will consider joining us in helping one another to live life to the full. Hello and welcome back to Living Fullness. As always, we're so excited that you guys are joining us each week. How are you, Padre? Well, thank you. And yourself, Stina? I'm doing well. That's the way. How's life going? Oh, it's going well. I've I've um I've gotten back into some French practice, which is good. Hey. Yes, yes. Using That's a, been ongoing for a little while. Yes, it has. It's been on and off for a long time. Uh, so uh, I'm using the inductive method at the moment, which was how I learned Greek. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, the inductive method. So, so I start with just translating a text. Yeah. Just getting a text in front of me and reading the text, looking up in the dictionary any words I don't know, and just going through it. And um, I'm picking up the grammar as I go. And ah. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sounds like thrown into the deep end. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. So, yeah. sink or swim method by the time. Yeah, exactly. How about yourself? Yes, I have been good. Life has been pretty chilled. I've had one set of house sit so mm-hmm. far, which was nice. Um, but I've returned to band, which oh, is really lovely. good. Yeah, that disappeared out of my life for a little bit. And um, yeah, I'm back at it again now. So Beautiful. it's just, it's so weird, but because you start to play certain pieces of music and you're reading it and your brain is just like a second and a half slow or like a millisecond slower than your fingers. Like yeah, right, right. your fingers actually remember what to do and your brain's kind of just like, oh, okay. I'm along for We're the doing ride. It, but uh, well, I wasn't quite ready, but cool. I'm glad yep. you're ready. <laughs> yep, yep. It was kind of fun. Yeah, cool, cool. What are you playing? Ah, uh, yeah, don't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making lots of noise at the moment. Not a lot of playing. It's been over a year okay. since I picked up the saxophone. So. Oh, the saxophone. Very nice. It's taking some time. Very nice. <laughs> yep, yep. Today, <laughs> we're talking about when jealousy enters a friendship. Mm. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So, and it happens. Yeah, but there's, there's, it does enter friendships at times. Yeah. Uh, but uh, first, before we sort of get into the crux of it, let's just make a distinction between two different things. Let's make a distinction between jealousy and envy, mm. right? Because uh, sometimes those those two terms are used interchangeably to express the same thing, but in fact, they're two very different realities. Uh, so jealousy normally stems from a desire to 
protect or safeguard something. It can stem from a fear of losing something or something being destroyed that we that we highly value. And, uh, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. For instance, in, in Exodus chapter 34, uh, verse 14, our Lord says that to Israel, you shall, you shall not worship any other God except the Lord, uh, for the Lord your God is a jealous God. You know, the worship isn't for God's own sake, and, and it's not like he actually needs anything mm. for us. It's not like he's up in heaven like, oh, I can't believe you did this to me. I'm so, so upset about the whole thing. Like it's, he's, he's, he's not some, some insecure uh, person needing constant validation. No. But uh, he's, he's jealous insofar as he is protective of us. Uh, he knows it's for our own good that we worship him alone. Um, and so there are times where jealousy might be actually be an appropriate response. Mm. I remember this particular talk that you gave. I, I was at um, some sort of a, a group session that we were at and there was oh, a group of us women there that you were speaking to and you gave us this example to consider and um, you suggested that we think about what our response would be if we were out and we noticed a woman was overtly flirting with our husband. And I remember my initial reaction was like, that's it, (laughs) game on, (laughs) you are going down. And I remember responding, like responding, reacting (laughs) to that viscerally. It was like my entire body just went into no way. (laughs) And then I realised what I'd done because everybody was like, (laughs) oh. And I went, oh, actually, that's probably not a very appropriate response. But the initial the initial thought came from a place of protectiveness yep. because the reality is that my goal as, you know, a spouse would be to help my spouse to get to heaven. And so anything that stands in the way or jeopardizes or threatens that goal, my spouse needs to be protected from. <laughs> like yep. that, that becomes yep. part of my role and so that initial spot of yeah okay not good let's get rid of this threat is a good and healthy response yeah but um maybe not so much (laughs) wanting to harm the poor lady (laughs) sure 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 so so that's 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 actually a really good example of jealousy at work uh in a positive way Mm. minus the punching part yeah it's Mm. it's It's, it comes from a place of protectiveness, mm. right? Jealousy can also be an unhelpful thing when it's allowed to um, sort of work and stoke on our fears and uh, make us sort of um, irrationally frightened of losing something due to insecurity or that sort of thing. So it can be a, a problematic thing as yeah. well. Envy is quite a different ball game, though. Uh, to be jealous is one thing. To be envious is a whole different thing. Envy is the discontent or sadness even over somebody else's good, mm. over something that we perceive someone has that we don't have, some mm. inherent lack that we perceive in ourselves that someone else seems to have. And it very, very quickly becomes a, a kind of a, it's a resentful hatred sort of thing that starts welling up in us. Um, there's a desire even to, to will ill upon the other person and even upon the thing that they possess uh, so that, you know, if I can't have this thing, well, then you can't have it either. You yeah. Know? And it, the example that I use uh, with my my, my uh, students at the seminary is if you know Eustina got a new car, brand spanking new vehicle, and I was I was just 
I was just seething about the fact that you got this new car, a new car that I wanted more than anything in the world. It was like, oh, she's got this new car and she's really happy about it and she's showing it off to people. I'm, I'm just I'm furious. And so I get my keys and I go across <gasps> the, right, 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 you know. Uh, that that would be envy at play. Mm. It's not just that I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that, yeah. that um, you know, or I, I'm, I'm frightened of losing something or I'm, I'm uh, or I wish I had this thing. Yeah. It's not just that. It's I'm so angry that she is happy that she has this and I want to take that happiness away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a really dark thing. Yeah. Uh, it's why it's one of the seven deadly sins. Mm. It's because it, it, it produces a kind of deadness in our hearts. Mm. Yeah. I guess one of the common scenarios that we might see in friendship is when our friend becomes friends with somebody else. Like there's oh. another person that sort of enters the space. And there can be some initial feelings of competitiveness that might come about. So competitiveness for time and energy and the attention of a friend that might also be going towards this new friendship that they have. But that left unchecked can turn into possessiveness. Mm -hmm. And jealousy in this space could play out in the way that if your friend uh, was entering into a friendship with someone who really wasn't good for them, Mm. or who is leading them towards a sort of a non-virtuous life, a really unvirtuous life and being influenced in a negative way, maybe some risky behaviours or getting into habits that really isn't isn't good habits to get into, then that feelings of jealousy that might come about actually could be a very good thing. It could be your protective mechanism kicking in to say, no, I need to protect my friend from this because this isn't good. This friendship that is growing between my friend and this other person, it's actually not good for my friend. So I need Mm. to do something here and I need to try and keep them close by to protect them. And that could be an entirely good thing. Mm. But if there's no tangible reason to be afraid of losing them if there's no threat to them, yeah. then we really need to check our motivations in. Right, right. You know, is it that I'm insecure in my own friendship, mm. uh, in myself? You know, do I do I have some intrinsic fear that my friend might walk out on me, you know, and mm. what that actually means for me? You know, like that. That's 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 those are some important questions because someone who is secure in themselves and in their relationship with God will be free to let their friends come into their lives and leave, not necessarily without any thought, uh, but without feeling that they've lost something integral to who they are. Mm. Um, Our identity should never be caught up in a friendship with a person on this earth. Uh, The person who is secure in their relationship with God does not fear a friend leaving because they know they will always have the ultimate friend in Christ Jesus. This, in a certain sense, does remind me. So, back before you got some measure of security in regards to your uh, your your visa, mm. uh, you know, one of the things that that I was really at peace about was the fact that you would depart to a to a a, a different land, uh, and and like. I'm, no friend likes to see their friend deported from a country. Like, <laughs> no. It's, it's, no one's happy about that at no. all. But, but it's like, okay, if that happens, it's not like the entire world turns upside down. It's like there's, there's the the, and I, that's because I'm convinced that that the friendship that we have is first 
founded on Christian principles. Uh, and, and, and therefore, Christ is the most important person in our respective lives. Our vocation, therefore, necessarily comes first, uh, and the, the, the friendship exists around that. And so it's 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 not a matter of, of oh my gosh this person's leaving it's going to like yeah no, it's not no, no yeah that's right you I know. mean there's you know there was still a level of sadness of course and, of course you know, naturally absolutely naturally, yeah. and that still existed but it yeah. wasn't a well what am I going to do now <laughs> no no exactly exactly that's right that's right mm. yeah yeah also to ask the question which is very difficult to ask but ask the question. Am I envious? <laughs> Which and to, like to be really honest with that answer, of yeah. whether I'm envious or not, because it's not a nice thing to ask, especially given the definition that we've just talked about today. It's not a nice thing to ask. It's, it's quite confronting. Yeah. Um, yeah, really confronting to think that sometimes we might actually want something for ourselves, even if it hurts the person that we care about. Right, like that's really unpleasant. Right, but. Right. That's what sin does. It's yep. unpleasant choices that hurts people that we care about. That is sin. That's what sin does. Yeah. Yep. And to also ask, is it possible that we're actually longing for something or someone and that we're willing and wanting it at the cost of even the good of our friend that we actually care about? Like that is a cutthroat question to mm. ask mm. and to be really honest about answering. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, as we said before, someone who's secure in their relationship with God and grateful for the blessings that he gives us yeah. is content in that. Yeah, exactly. And has no need as such for mm. other things mm. because we're completely satisfied in Christ and Christ being who quenches our thirst. Yeah. Yeah, spot on. Spot on. So if this is us, then we have to ask ourselves, well, what do I think I need that is being unmet? Like what is that need that yeah. I feel I'm missing at this mm. point or I'm lacking in some way? And then how can I reach out to God and be open to God yeah. meeting that need? Yeah. Because we know that God is the only one who can fulfill our every need. Yeah. No other yeah. human being, person on this earth can do that. That's right. Only he satisfies the yes. human heart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it, it, it may well be worthwhile here to talk also about jealousy in friendships of the opposite sex. Mm. Mm. So, uh, um, look, worth noting to check one's intentions, right? Uh, um, you know, a new, fer- a, a new person, yeah. <laughs> a new person <laughs> comes into your friend's life. Yeah. At least it wasn't a new pheasant. A new... <laughs> You pheasant. Hello, pheasant. Uh, (laughs) Be gone from me, pheasant. So so if the new person who comes into your friend's life, including a a significant other like a boyfriend or girlfriend, isn't a red flag, you know, doesn't, doesn't raise like, you know, alarm bells, like, you know, he's clearly a drug addict or something or there's, or he's a, a, bonafide user or, you know, like there's there's something going on. Well, if it's not that red flag and you continue to feel a sense of protectiveness or possessiveness, it's time to ask, what actually is your relationship with that person? Mm. 
are you being a protective sibling or is there an unchecked motivation here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there a romantic attraction mm-hmm. which has not been acknowledged or didn't notice until this point? Yes. Right? Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's so important to acknowledge that and to not suppress that right. or deny it because that's not going to help one bit. It's actually just going to make it worse. <laughs> it's a bit like the, you know, shaking up of a soda bottle, like the pressure that's getting built by pushing that thing down, it's going to blow up in your face. Yep. So just don't do it. Yep. And instead actually figure out what to do with that. Like how do we, how do we address this? Yeah. What actions do I need to take? Does that mean like does it mean I need to be open about this? Do I need to to address this in person and speak to them about this? And how and yeah. when yeah. would that be appropriate to do that to actually make a plan forward for that? But long before even thinking about planning that is to acknowledge the presence of it and to make a choice. We can make a choice of whether we choose to accept and act on that attraction or not. Yeah. Only after that can we choose the course of action that we actually take. See, I like that. I like that a lot. Because um, there's this, this is notion, right, that you don't choose who you fall for. Oh. Right, right. <laughs> Which is utter garbage, right? It's complete nonsense. Well, there is some, um, there is some level of truth to that. Well, the, the, the level of truth only goes so far as, as one may not necessarily choose who one is attracted to. Yes. Right? Yes. But as for who one falls for, mm. that's a whole mm. different ball game, mm. right? Uh, and, and so, you know, like, okay, I, I may not actually be able to control who it is that I'm attracted to. There, there may just be something about someone that, that immediately I am attracted to that person physically, emotionally, you know, whatever it might be, that there's something in that person that attracts me. A spark is ignited, as it were. Yeah. I ask my couples preparing for marriage, you know, tell me how you met. And almost invariably, there is this spark that happens at some point mm. that neither of them actually had a control in occurring. Mm. It sort of happens, you know. Well, in a, in a, in a similar way, yeah, we, we, we don't necessarily have control of the attraction part, but what we do with the attraction, yes. it's all ours. Yes. You know, how we choose to move on that is all ours. Otherwise... When we, if we, if we're saying that that attraction is 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 something that that, or rather that that, that loving someone isn't actually a choice, uh, then then the reality is that that we're treating it just as a bodily function. Mm. Uh, you know, we're 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 treating it as as something which is is merely biological. Yeah. You know, and and, and in, in Christian theology, we make this distinction between. A human act and an active man. A human act is something that I choose to do morally. An active man is like sneezing. <laughs> you know, so so you're actually reducing loving someone <laughs> to a sneeze. Like that's that's oh. how that's how silly that notion yeah. is of oh you can't choose who you fall for. No, you can. Because the point is that love is a choice that I make. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, so uh, this this whole notion of, well, I'm attracted to someone, therefore I can't help it, I'm going to have to fall for this person. No, no, no. You're attracted to someone. Okay. What's the appropriate measure here? Mm. You can actually decide what are you going to do with that. You can decide, okay, you know what, I'm going to declare this. Or I can decide, you know what, I think I'm just going to need to take a step back from this relationship because yes. it wouldn't be appropriate for me yes. to declare it at this particular juncture. I exactly. mean, hello. <laughs> you know, it's... it's There are choices Choices here. abound, people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Sorry, we're getting a little Sorry. passionate around this. Ranting, ranting, <laughs> ranting. Funnily enough, I took this paragraph or this 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 <laughs> section of the podcast because Steena was going to rant about it. Now here I am, just like rantifying. Every my hands are going everywhere, and it's it's the Spanish in me is just flowing. Oh um, man! But the rant isn't so much about you know the the silliness of the notion of this particular saying as mm. much as it is about how much we want to emphasize that we actually have human freedom. Right. <laughs> we, right. we have the power to exercise that human freedom and let's not let's not diminish that power that we have and the choice that we get to make exactly. with simple and silly sayings that exactly. say yeah. otherwise. Spot on. Um, and I guess the thing another thing to be conscious of too is that there can be ness, there can be a kind of uh, a possessiveness that can come in where we may not recognize that we actually desire <laughs> mm. to be in a relationship with this person so in the in the sense of a a friendship where there may not have been an acknowledgement that there was an attraction there until that person has entered into another relationship um, and then feeling like, oh, I think I've just lost something there. Whoa, what's happening there? Mm. And wanting it back. That, to me, reminds me a lot of what we see in children mm. at a certain age where children are playing with toys and mm. there might mm. be uh, a child who's sitting there playing with you know, Lego and might have their dolls nearby but are completely disinterested in the dolls they're so focused on the lego and then a sibling comes along and it's like oh my brother or sister is playing with a lego i'm gonna go play with the dolls and next minute the sibling's like whoa hold up those dolls were mine yeah what are you doing well hang on you weren't even playing with the dolls you were interested in the lego why do you care about the dolls no 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 that is mine (laughs) since when (laughs) so just you know to be conscious that that could be something that's playing into yeah. into that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, well said. Yeah, and so I guess that the bottom line really is just to not buy into the lie that our human default setting is somehow this passion-governed space where it, our passions can't be ordered in any way because that's that's exactly what sin wants to, to teach us and wants to um, make us believe. It's the lie that sin tries to to feed us, that we're slaves, that we're robots, um, that we have some inbuilt built mechanism that is almost like a predetermined fate that we can't do anything about, and that's complete garbage. Mm. We know that love tells us that we're free to choose yeah. by ordering our thoughts and by ordering our passions and emotions and motivations and desires and our actions – we actually get to choose what we think. Yeah. We get to choose how we want to feel and what we do with that. You know, we, as, as royal children, <laughs> mm. we're completely free and we're also ought to be spiritually mature and in command of our present and our future. We get to make choices. And given the choice between a slave mindset and a freedom mindset, I know which one I choose. Yeah, too right. Too right. You mentioned before that you know sin wants to feed us this particular lie about we're just we're just governed by passion. I'd personify that a little bit more. Mm. Sin, sin is just a sin is 
sin is an offence. Sin is a missing of the mark. It is essentially doing something which offends the goodness of God because it, it goes against some order or nature or goodness. or mm-hmm. lack. It's, it's, it's a, essentially this privation of that which is good. I'd personify it to say that, that it is Satan who wishes to feed us that lie. <laughs> You know, it's not just sin who wants to feed it to mm. us. You know, sin is a thing that that, that human freedom engages in. Um, we're tempted by the flesh, the world, and the devil, uh, and so Satan wishes us to 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 buy into that lie. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. yeah, that's good. I just don't like leaving it on that note. No, okay. So a happier note, <laughs> a happier finish, because Satan does not have the last word on this podcast ever. <laughs> Ever. So, a happy note to finish it on is that God has given us freedom uh, and we can use it to love him. Mm. Mm. And so we shall. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, there you go. There's some thoughts on what happens when uh, jealousy might enter into a relationship and the distinction between jealousy and envy. So, as always, before we end our episode, we uh, thought or a moment of truth be any goodness for the week. After you. Ah, me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mine for the week is a recollection evening that I went to recently. Um, It was just lovely to be back in a church amidst a group of women um, taking some time out from the hecticness and the busyness of life to just reset, which was really nice. But this particular recollection actually had a additional talk for the women who were present. And that talk was um, presented by Emily Shaw from the Virtue Ministry oh, team. Yeah, and Emily doesn't do a lot of speaking. She's mm. more into the writing space, but she's she's a great speaker. Mm. So anytime mm. she speaks, I get a bit excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so nice to be able to see people in their element yeah, and do things, just do what they do really well. Like yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's wonderful to be able to see people um, shine. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What about you, Padre? What's been something for your week? So um, my head has been buried in my thesis for a while. And uh, so I've been looking at um, uh, von Balthasar's Mariology. There's a theologian called Hans Urs von Balthasar. And um, uh, he's a really interesting theologian. He, um, He talks about this thing called theodramatics, which for those of you who are like, oh, I don't like drama. Drama is so bad. Like, I, I, I avoid drama. This is the kind of drama that you don't avoid. This is the good drama. Uh, and he's like, his, his thing is that, that Mary, uh, as, you know, the, the, the um, sort of like the bride of, of, of sort of this, 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 that Mary exercises this, this bridal narrative in her life where she gives her consent to God, and it's a constant consent, you know, that, that continues throughout her life all the way up to the cross, and that this this narrative of hers in which she is constantly consenting to the will of God brings her into, uh, sort of, brings her directly into the narrative of her son, you know, and so her, her, her life is bound up with her son's life, and that's what it's meant to be for every single one of us Christians, mm. is that our 
our narratives, our consent, our yeses ought to bring us into the closest possible relationship with the son. Uh, and I just that's just, just one of the most beautiful things I've, I've come across. Mm. It's really, really stunning, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll um, add a little link to that somewhere if there's a particular resource that you would recommend. Um, you won't find it online, but you will find it in your local theological library, wherever that is for you. Mm-hmm. So like a Catholic university library or something, mm-hmm. if you look for uh, volume three of von Balthasar's Theodramatics. But before you do that, look at Aidan Nichols' uh, um, explanation mm-hmm. of the Theodramatics. Mm-hmm. So look at that first and then look at... Okay. Yep. yep. And you can find those books online. They're all there. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. Very good. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Living for This. Yeah. Until Thank you next all. time, all of our love and prayers. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Did you know that the Virtual Ministry team does speaking engagements? We do talks, workshops and keynote addresses at schools, retreats and conferences, both in person and online. We speak on character development, growth in virtue and relationships, and we are always open to speaking on a topic that you might need for your audience. Get in touch with Virtue Ministry through our website, virtueministry.org.au to make an inquiry. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. That will help others to find the podcast too. And join us over on our social media, Living Fullness on Instagram and Virtue Ministry on Facebook.